Welcome to another episode of Context with Advanced Design. We are live from Toronto, uh, Canada, uh, and we are in Umbra. We're at Umbra. We're visiting um, the Vice President of Design, um, Matt Carr. Thank you so much for being here. Pleasure. Well, the other way around. <laughs> like we're here with you. Happy to host uh, you. So thank you for the invitation, um, and thank you for agreeing to you know be on our podcast. So we're very excited about that. But um, let's kind of dive into a little bit about you and your upbringing, and um, we'll start from there. Sure. Depending on how far you want to go back, but uh, <laughs> from um, you know entrepreneurial family. So my dad was actually a landscaper. Okay. So uh, that means I was laying bricks at the age of six years old on the, on the weekends and whatnot. But with that actually came some design exposure at a pretty early age, Oh wow! even though I didn't really understand what that was at that time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I saw him sketching out plans for whether it be um, gardens or decks or driveways and whatnot. So there was definitely some early threads of enjoying design and uh, the process of design and seeing an outcome mm-hmm. through the efforts of actually like getting through plan staging execution and at the end of the day customer appreciation right? yeah. so I did that until I mean really even like my first year of college in summer when I went to Humber I came back and I was still working on that and getting a little bit more involved in it. Um, Through there, actually, I thought I was going to get into architecture. So in high school, I I was more interested in architecture than anything else. Um, So I actually did an internship with a studio in Ottawa, Douglas Cardinal Architects, which is a, a fairly renowned Canadian design studio. And really enjoyed it, was doing a lot of model making, understanding sort of the the overall concept and the direction um but was like completely terrified of the scale having the attention span of <laughs> a butterfly let's yeah. say and the exposure to that scale was something that i was quite intimidated from yeah and uh, my my mentor there douglas actually told me well there's actually this thing at carlton university called product design which maybe more up your your alley just mm-hmm. because of um your appreciation for speed and seeing the results of things right so i actually owe him that for sure for kind of giving me the direction and the exposure of understanding that product design actually existed mm-hmm. right as a discipline uh, so i looked into that and um mathematically my grades were were not up to carlton standards so i chose humber as a path for studying in Toronto. Um, so it was through the three years at Humber, I actually really appreciated what the school did with regards to the balance of business and design. Right. So I think for me and, and my, uh, my understanding of where I wanted to go, it, it was important to understand the, the left brain, right brain, mm-hmm. um, scenario that that could lead my design career so for me the balance at humber was was actually quite beneficial to me getting what i wanted after three years and progressing quickly from there 
Yeah, that's not very common usually in schools when you go to uh, study like industrial design or product design. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, schools try to cram in so much in four years and and, and business is not one of those things that, that they include in the curriculum. So mm-hmm. it's extremely valuable to know that as as a student graduating and going into the real world. Yeah, I think they, they practice that a lot with a lot of collaborations with industry partners mm-hmm. around the city and you know obviously at umbra we try and reciprocate with that as well like we do collaborations with a number of different schools throughout the globe um but i think humber for me it was it was quite good to get that real life whether it was crit from not your prof but actually like an industry professional yeah you know like that's like a very straight up this doesn't match our customer or our business model you know you're not hearing that through any sort of philosophy or anything that's like straight up intel from who you're trying to at the end of the day would want to have some sort of business plan with right Mm -hmm. Uh, so i remember like at least half a dozen companies that we were engaged with throughout the the schooling and it was it was good you know it was um i would say it was a quite a fulfilling experience there so it's fantastic so then you you graduated from umber and then what happened after you left uh, well, during my second year, I actually uh, was able to score an internship at Umbra. Oh, so, nice. Okay. Yeah, so um, second year, summer, worked here. Third year, managed a part-time gig at Umbra. Uh, so trying to keep my foot in the door mm-hmm. and executing the third year at, uh, at Humber. Um, and then day after thesis was done, I was, I was back in the door at Umbra full-time. Wow. So and that's, that's counting awesome. 20 years ago this spring. That is so, fantastic. Time does fly. <laughs> That's great. Is yeah. there? Uh, is there? Is Amor going to celebrate your twenty years here? I would hope so. <laughs> I can't wait to see the gold yeah. watch I get. <laughs> The car. Yeah, the car. Exactly. <laughs> that's really cool. That's that's uh that's awesome. Um and uh Umbra is uh, a really big organization that that um has uh, you know, has products in different categories, um, not just in housewares, but in, uh, you know, decoration, living room and kitchen and, and you know, the garage and everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're here in the, in the headquarters and uh, it's lovely here. It's awesome. Like just walking through the studios and looking at, um, it just reminds me of that studio culture, you know, that you get to not only visually see but you get to touch and feel totally. um and um and then you guys have another brand uh like kind of like a sub brand uh umbra shift yeah and then you have that lovely store um if you're in toronto and, and you have an opportunity to visit that store i mean the facade of it you can't miss it mm-hmm. um but uh 20 years like what it what it must be you know a joyride yeah or, mean, or a roller coaster it's, it's it's always has its ups and downs you yeah. know like any career does mm-hmm. you, you question yourself and what you're doing and um you know it, it, it's not normal like amongst my contemporaries a lot of them have not had the same job since college like, yeah i would say on one hand i can count the people that have done that yeah. maybe half of those is because of family reasons mm-hmm. right? so it is not common um luckily Umber is actually celebrating his 40th birthday this year. So there's like this like interesting. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Um, so it's, it's an interesting dynamic where you know, I've been with the company half of 
his lifetime. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the co-founders, Paul Rowan and, and Les Mandelbaum, are the, the reason why the culture is what you see it here today. Right? Mm-hmm. This, it, it represents the five principles of uh, our product. You know, there is, it's, it's modern, it's original, it's casual, affordable, and functional. So whenever we kind of uh, dissect a product or even dissect a proposal, we have these check marks mm-hmm. of, of what makes an Umbra product modern, original, casual, affordable, and functional. But at the same time, it those principles are like our guiding, um, our guiding values throughout the culture of Umbra as well. So when you look at the buildings, for example, they all feel the same. So. Mm-hmm. The architect and interior designer, Conchner uh, in Figure Three, who did the Umber Store, also did this building, right? So oh. there's like this this kind of synergy between uh, even the facilities um, and the way we present ourselves to each other, our customers, um, our retailers, our end consumers. All has to have our our econ platform. All has to have the same mm-hmm. type of energy and and feeling. And so, you know, I really give thanks to, to Les and Paul to, for creating that culture that we can all step into and, and follow and enhance through our own experiences. Now, um, speaking as an educator, um, what, what does it take for students to work in this culture, right? Because... Um, it is very competitive. It's very competitive to get into the design industry, but it's competitive to stay in it. Right? Mm-hmm. So just because you get in doesn't mean mm-hmm. you made it. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, you're right. It, it is super competitive. I mean, we uh, are on a world stage of, of design, mm-hmm. whether you're designing into furniture at Umbra or a kitchen, you're up against the best kitchen company in the world, or you're up against the best furniture yeah. company in the world. Like we, we don't get any slack as we're from Toronto. Like, right. You know what I mean? It, it's, we're on a global scale here. So the, the quality and the talent has to be at that level as well, which is why we're recruiting globally, which is why um, we have um, made the efforts and whether it's like financial or, uh, or otherwise to, to bring people from France to work here. Like mm-hmm. our senior design lead, Eugene, or Dominic to come up, uh, Dominic Montan from to come up from the uh, United States to, to work here, where we actually saw him for the first time at the Chicago mm-hmm. uh, IHA a couple of years ago, right? So these these kind of things um, strengthen our our pull for the talent, but also strengthen the the results of the products that we put out to market too. Because yes, they are global talent, but they also are thinking about their their home markets as well uh, when they're designing product. Because our product really has to speak to these different countries that we're selling to. Mm-hmm. I think over 120 countries now, yeah. right? So they have to have a global mindset in in the product that they're creating. And it's it's not for everybody here, yeah. you know, to work on the inside. It's it's uh, there's high expectations. Um, we are putting out uh, a lot of product at a, at a high quality standard. So the the expectations of the design, um, it's not something that you just hand off and, and point fingers at later. Like right. the designers here are really responsible for from sketch to quality, and because we have the warehouse here as well, and because we're we're very 
um, close knit with regards to the different departments we relate to. If there is an issue down the road, then the designer is the first one to kind of get on the spot and try and troubleshoot what the problem is. We can pull the 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 issue out of the warehouse, take a look at it. Designers are engaged with the category managers and the marketing team and, and whatnot to try and um, make things make things better. Right. So, yeah, and and the designers have different um, career expectations as well when they come here. They know Umbra is a great training ground. It's kind of like the it's a, the school of <laughs> Umbra in a way, right? Like you will gain a lot of skills here with regards to manufacturing knowledge. And some people put that, uh, it's something we, we offer almost as a skill set in a way. If you want to advance your career into something else and then take your learnings from Umbra and, uh, and apply those to, to different types of design, whether it's more architectural or more you know, UX or UI, mm-hmm. just kind of like integrate that into your 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 long-term career goals yeah the one thing i love about umbra because i have a lot of umbra products when we came here two years ago we stocked up into the Mm -hmm. store and but when you look at the packaging you you know you have the product and then in the back it gives credit to the designer that designed it Mm-hmm. Can you speak a little bit about that and kind of the mm-hmm. reason on why you, you know, Umbra does that? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's been starting before my time. And I, I think that really goes back to Les and Paul and with regards to being, I almost call them like a design agent mm-hmm. in a way. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, and maybe it wouldn't have happened if Paul wasn't from the design side, but the recognition of these products that we are, we are putting to market and that they're actually coming from a person, yeah. right? We're not just like pulling them from the sky. <laughs> like these things are actually like created by real people mm-hmm. that live in your city. And we're not just buying things from, from markets in other mm-hmm. countries. And it's, it's they're not just being rebranded or reboxed. Like these are original ideas. Mm-hmm. And that's really like the defining point of Umbra is, is original product. And original product is directly linked to original people mm-hmm. right with with ideas that came from either um, opportunities they saw in the marketplace or maybe a problem that they were having with their with their dish rack and that kind of evolved into a better solution and then they thought of umbra and then they presented to umbra so we owe a lot to the designers yeah. and i think to um to put their name on packaging and, and integrate it into the product really speaks to how much we uh, we want to nurture those relationships yep. and and recognize their uh, their achievements in, in design yeah that's I, I think that's I think that's wonderful I think when you work for a big company you when you buy a product and that that experience can be really cold because it's you know, you're like, oh, it's coming from a big corporation and mm-hmm. things like that. And this is a little more humanizing and it's, mm-hmm. it's really nice to know who designed it. And, uh, I have, whenever I buy the products from Umbra, I do look up these designers and, yeah. and I think that's like curiosity, like, well, who is this designer? Because I love this product. Exactly. And it can really kickstart a, a young designer's career as well. Mm-hmm. Right? I think some of the proudest moments of, um, of the emerging designers that we have in the studio is, is when they, see their name on that product yeah. for the first time and it comes into stock yeah. and they're able to to share it with their peers and their family i mean that's like i mean even for myself to see that designer that's also awesome. it's, it's extremely 
emotional actually yeah. you know it's, it's great so yeah. it's a milestone in a career that's fantastic and if you're hearing additional noise in the background just a heads up we're in the heart of you know the umbra headquarters so um I do apologize for that, but it, it is, I, I just, like I said, this feels like a, a studio. Um, and I wish that for those who are listening can really experience that. Um, mm-hmm. But let's kind of shift things over into um, more about you. So, you know, I think when we're designers, we're, we kind of have this like cliche, like, you know, I live and breathe design 24 mm-hmm. seven. And I hope that's not true because I don't. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I definitely, take days off and I do other things that people would be surprised to know. Like, um, what, what are some, like, let's, let's dive into you as a person, uh, because we, we are in Toronto. It's a huge city for art design and architecture, um, interior and just the arts. Um, what are some things you like to do on your free time Mm -hmm. that's not design related or art? Sounds good. Um, so I've lived in Toronto for for 20 years, actually, since I started at Umbra. And um, so I've lived actually in and around the city, mm-hmm. starting from the east, and I've slowly migrated a little bit west downtown. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm pretty in tune with the the city and, and what it has to offer and the different pockets. And I love Toronto. Like mm-hmm. working with Umbra has given me the opportunity to travel all over the world, and I really am happy whenever I get back to the city. It gets you know, uh, I think it's a city that really offers a lot in in young entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Right? It's 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 quite flexible in, in, in to how people can create new businesses. So I love food, right? So okay. I'm, I'm always exploring yeah. new uh, new types of food and new restaurants and. Um, you know, there's a, there's a few people who are doing really great things in the city mm-hmm. with regards to, uh, with regards to cuisine and obviously, um, being in Toronto, you get exposed to tons of different types of global cuisine, which is, mm-hmm. which is incredible. Um, so that's obviously something that I like to do after hours. I like to eat. <laughs> um, I have uh, a young family as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my uh, my daughter is turning eight this year, and my son just turned five. Oh, nice! So that obviously keeps me busy. Yeah, keeps you a little busy. So there's lots on that that uh, occupies uh, most of my my free time. But mm-hmm. they're into the things that uh, my wife and I enjoy as well. Um, so you know, I I, I like a a fit family. Mm-hmm. Like you know, so we're we're very active and. Uh, so we do a lot of sports, um, music as well. Like my daughter's into to music. So it's funny how your life goes from doing things that you want to things that will like <laughs> keep everybody yeah. at ease kind of thing. So, um, but I play a lot of soccer personally. And, oh, you know, wow. I like nice. To, I like to go to the, the gym and whatnot. That uh, I start my mornings pretty early with, with that in mind. So yeah. um, outside of art and, and, uh, and work as well. Like I have a passion for, for cars. I like old cars. Okay. Um, so I'm always kind of like interested in what's going on with that. Um, and like my, the first car that I bought with my, my own money was a, a 1973 BMW 2002. Wow. So like a, you know, it's the most you could, you could yeah. get most value you can get for yeah. 5,000 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been, that's still around. So I, I kind of enjoy like pre, I would say pre 2000 
um, yeah, automotive more specifically, even like German wow. cars before 2000. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Do you still drive that car around? No, it's parked right now. Okay. I, yeah. I, I'd like to throw a bit at it to, yeah. to get it back up to speed for sure. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I think even though we don't, you know, like I, if I love food, just like you mentioned, I think uh, Toronto is a global city. I'm from Chicago. That's a pretty global city. A lot of diversity, a lot of tastes and smells and a lot of great food. And, but even, even the things that we, we like to do that's not design related mm-hmm. are all related to design, right? Sure. Because when you think about food, um, when you think about, um, even traveling, because you mentioned traveling, I think as a designer to work, to work for a global company, you need to um, kind of experience, you know, traveling around the world and and being a part of other cultures and things like immersing yourself in different demographics. Completely. Um, yeah. Yeah. The exposure is is really essential to, especially, you know, in my role right now, I I really have to give a global perspective to the team here and yeah. and, and let them know why. Um, a certain product doesn't work, right? Like why it doesn't meet certain requirements. And and some of that exposure really helps me communicate that to the team, whether it's because of our end customer or if it's because of a certain type of manufacturing that we're doing, like all these different elements of the exposure help me actually in, in my day job, mm-hmm. um, communicating the, 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 the whys we do and, and don't do things. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, and it's, it's really interesting that, uh, you know, we're in Toronto right now. Um, and this, this podcast probably won't go live for, we got a, we have a list of, of podcasts that we still got to put out. But, but by the time that our audience listens to this, um, 2020 has been a really strange year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a lot of just, it just, it's already, it's March. Like it's, it's the first quarter and it, it hasn't gotten very well. Um, and, uh, I have to kind of bring it up cause it's, it's pretty obvious that, you know, the coronavirus that's mm-hmm. happening. And, um, do you see that impacting how we work as designers? I feel like, uh, you know, design is not something that is lecture based, um, even being part of a studio or, or as an educator, you don't, um, you know, there's a lot of interaction with other people. You need teams, you need to be uh pretty hands-on with things um what do you what are your thoughts on on how how we're adapting yeah well i mean it's uh it's definitely a topic of conversation like so if we were to take it from like front end to to back end let's try and like analyze it like that so on the front end you know design for sure there's a lot of teamwork that goes on um a lot of that communication here is done in person, yeah. right? Or, or through models and prototypes and, and uh, experimenting and whatnot. So a lot of that still has to happen. Um, I like it when the design is not happening on the computer all the time. Right. Right. So having the tools and accessibility here for us is obviously something that we would um, want to still have happen with, with the team. Um, to get the ergonomic studies on. So the model making and whatnot is, is something that I think is a bit of a gap right now where we can definitely do things virtually on computer and with, with our cat and whatnot, but um, to understand like the next step of development, yeah. you know, we will have to treat that a little bit differently, but I think there's an opportunity there for 
uh, for different types of visualization for how the we're working with three-dimensional objects all day right so mm -hmm. how we engage with that um on the so that's like the, the startup side of things but there's there's ways you can communicate that's much easier now through uh, video and and whatnot so it's i'm not too worried about that and we have a very flexible situation here for designers to um, come up with new ideas so some people like being in the studio to generate those new ideas and yeah. some people don't so this is actually an opportunity for them to get into whatever zone that they need to be into to create the most incredible product like this is the time right yeah. so whether that's at home whether that's in a park like whether that's here in the studio you know in a different area um mm -hmm. those are there's an opportunity there for for people to kind of like really dive into where they uh can get the best results from from their design process and then with engagements to our customers, right? Like, cause at Umbra, I'm always thinking about you know, the whole process of design and actually getting the design to end customer. Um, there's a lot more video uh, conferencing with our retailers. Um, and just that engagement has changed completely. Like, you know, travel is, is pretty much cut right. off or, or visitors are, are, are shut off, right? So um, we're actually trying to do different types of things, develop different systems to actually create new opportunities that may actually streamline um, the process in the future, mm -hmm. right? So I think from this challenge, we'll obviously create interesting design solutions um, that we will probably find great efficiencies with and implement them for the future, right? Yeah. And then on the back end side of things, like as a designer, you got to be thinking about how your products are communicated online, right? So, um, as this is happening in the world right now, uh, you can only see e-com actually being elevated, right? Yeah. Like this is like a more fuel on the fire for, for e-com. So how do our products properly communicate themselves on our umbra.com website, you know, on the other major platforms? Uh, how does your design show up on a two by two Right. photo like are you clearly communicating the features and the benefits um are you creating the right video to uh, mm -hmm. to so the customer understands uh the product um so all those elements of like from front end to back end are 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 going to be adapted and i feel will be revised for greater efficiencies for in the future so it's 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 not easy right now but there yeah. will be some positive outcomes yeah. through through design actually right? and i think it also gives an opportunity an opportunity for emergent technologies to be used by companies like ar right i think a lot of companies use that where you can see what a a product looks like on your kitchen counter or yes. something like that i know a lot of students are using it with their renderings complete um yeah so i, th I think like you said e-commerce is there's always someone that definitely during, you know, uh, some, a crisis like this, there's always positives and mm -hmm. I think people should be pretty optimistic and, and we learn from this. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whether it's in design or, or in food delivery, like we're seeing right. all sorts of types of different innovations yep. come out um, through this that, that probably wouldn't have happened for years. Right. Without yeah. this test. It has uh, speed things up because of the necessity. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
Yeah, well, um, you know, I have other I have other questions to ask, and this is a little more rapid fire. Sure. Um, and so hopefully you're able to answer them. Um, so um, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Rapid. Let's go. <laughs> Question number one: What is your favorite Umbra product? Uh, favorite Umbra product um, overall would be the Conceal bookshelf that was done probably 12 years ago it was part of a oh yeah this is rapid i should slow down. <laughs> no 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 it was, no, you it was part of a, a private uh, collaboration we did one of the first ones back in the day and then when we saw it we knew right away it was something special when it comes down to the magic of a product and the most minimal manufacturing method okay nice question number two how many umber products do you have at home oh wow um i would say <laughs> it between between 15 and 30, I would say, if I really dug deep. Wow. Yeah. 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 You know, okay. from soap pumps to, yeah. to furniture pieces, right? So. All right. Uh, question number three, uh, Coke or Pepsi? <laughs> Neither. That's good. That's a good answer. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> question number four, uh, what is your favorite brand outside of Umbra? Okay. Um, we'll take it to... To clothing, okay, all right, um, and and I'll go into a Canadian brand. I'll try mm-hmm. to like make it more specific. So sure, I like this brand called Raining Champ. Um, they're they're very focused on what they execute. The quality is amazing. Um, the branding is minimal but strong, um, and the branding speaks from you know when you walk into the the brick and mortar to to online to. Um, to actual branding on, on clothing, like the, the tags and whatnot. So nice. as a, as a Canadian brand, um, I definitely understand their, their goals and I'm definitely part of their demographic, nice. right? mm-hmm. but it's uh, something that speaks to me. Okay, great. Question number five, what is your favorite f- footwear? Footwear, probably wearing it Nike Air Force One. Oh, right. Classic. Yeah. yeah. yeah classic, but yeah. it's uh, a staple. Yeah, they'll never go out of style. Yeah. Um, question number six, uh, what is your favorite tech brand? Tech brand? Um, I, I probably have to follow on Apple. You know, okay. I've been using the phone for, for many years, so there is some, some loyalty there. Sure. Okay, question number seven, what is your favorite protein? Protein? Um, I'll go with... <laughs> uh, I'll go with chickpeas. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. We're, we're approaching lunch right now. Yeah. yeah. And, and I know that's in the salad. Yeah, no, it's not good. <laughs> uh, question number nine. Um, what is your favorite season of the year? I would have to say fall. Yeah. Fall's a good one. Yeah. Question number 10. What's the most uh, favorite country you visited? Uh, tough call on that. I'm, I'm going to go for Thailand just for its range of uh, insane city life versus chill beach life, like a complete diverse. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Thailand in what season? Um, doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm right. good any time of the year. Yeah. Okay. Cause I've never been to Thailand, but I've many friends have, and um, I'm, I'm not particularly fond of summer. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I could just imagine. And you just have to manage it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and uh, pick your pick your times yeah. and your your dress attire accordingly for sure. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Um and then I'm going to give you one more question. Uh and the last question is um what is your favorite color? Color keep it is, simple. Is blue. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, blue. Nice. Now, a lot of the things that I just, you know, asked you, uh, did, is that uh, influence in some of the, the kind of your every day to day or your design that you do here as far as your color and then the, the things that you like as far as clothing, footwear? Yeah, I think there's a, a certain simplicity to those those items that we talked about. Right. Um, and those are definitely like part of my mold. Yeah. And and consequently, like since I've been at Umber for, for 20 years, I feel like it's a part of that mm-hmm. design mold as well. So there there is some definite synergy between a lot of those answers. It's kind of interesting uh, parallel that you've brought to that. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, I have one more question. And usually this question is uh, pretty heavy. Um, but I, I always ask it because I think it's important for designers to start thinking about this um because they can take steps to to um and take action so the question is what type of legacy do you want to leave behind Mm. or what do you want to be known for and i think a lot of people don't think about that because for some reason i don't know you you might think like oh i won't know until i'm older Mm -hmm. but i think it's important for us to think about it now because that allows you to really change your trajectory or at least think about decisions and um maybe do things different if you're not you mm-hmm. know. well i think uh, you know being in product design you can have at least two layers to that so it could be the physical and the non-physical in a way mm-hmm. so physically like i would love to leave some product with with my fingerprint on it that um can last for generations yeah. you know like when my personal favorite project that, that i've designed is the postino mailbox and you know i walk around the city of toronto and actually, I started an Instagram account with it. Just basically photos of casino oh. mailbox <laughs> nice. on different homes, wow. and it's amazing what a different character it actually takes on in front of his facade. Right, wow. like so, it can be in front of a shed, or it can mm-hmm. be in front of a, a four million dollar home. You know what I mean? It's like wow. just this interesting thing. So, um, so the physical side, like I would love to leave product that made a an impact to people. Um, and then on the non-physical side, I would, I would love for people to, uh, remember me or my legacy to be, uh, like a great mentor, you know, and, and just to offer, um, Intel that helped elevate others careers. Cause that at my point in my career, this is, this is what I have to give. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, the, the ideas, they need to be nurtured from the the energy that comes from the studio and the people that I collaborate with. So I need to make sure that I'm providing that for my team in order for them to take themselves to the next level. Right. So, to, so mentorship is a very important part of that. That's amazing. Um, I can relate, you know, that it's yeah. mentorship. I think when you're an educator, that, that's why you go into education. You, mm-hmm. you, um, you know, want to make sure that you prepare the next generation for what's to come and things like that. So, um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for hosting us here in Toronto at your Umbra headquarters. Our pleasure. Um, yeah, pleasure. It's lovely here and, uh, we're looking forward to coming back and, uh, uh, just being involved with all the amazing things you're doing here. All right. Yeah. And thank you for listening to, to contacts with advanced design and we'll see you in the next episode.
Take care.